0: hello this is seductive storm and welcome to my podcast i hope you'll enjoy it from time to time it'll just be me talking to you on topics and other times i'll have co-hosts or people that i'm interviewing so get ready for some real talk with storm Hello, everyone. I just wanted to let you guys know, first of all, thank you so much to everyone who has been thanking me for creating this podcast. Um, Those of you who may not know what you're listening to, although you should, this is Straight Talk with Storm. I'm known in the industry as Seductive Storm, and I have been a companion uh, for 18 years total, although I did retire uh, twice for about a year each time. But overall i've I've been doing this a long time, and I've made a few interview and podcast rounds this year, and I just felt like there was a need for a podcast that was relatable to everyone or or at least to the online community of sex workers, one that encompassed and welcomed everyone to the table. Uh, Not just the elite, not just the upscale, not just the VIP, but even the mid-grade and the the lower bracket um, because everyone needs to feel some type of support and education in this thing. And so um, I hope each one of these episodes will be enlightening to you or make you laugh Some might even make you cry, some might make you angry as shit with the things I say, or the things other people who are on here are saying, but at least we're opening a discussion and hearing each other. So please tune in every episode, and I hope you'll enjoy it. Thanks. Today's guest is the beautifully stunning, young, and vibrant, Amorous Angelica she is a BBW who mainly services New York and Philadelphia. I hope you guys will enjoy the episode. So let's get started.
1: Hello. Hi. Hi. That was actually the smoothest I've ever had it happen. I'm so happy for that right now.
2: So. um, Sorry. You were being cut off. I okay.
1: And I hope that's not going to be a thing. Unfortunately, because so many kids are homeschooling, the internet is horrible lately. So we're going to hope that it goes smoothly. Um, I was saying that you joining in, that's the fastest and smoothest I've ever had anyone do it. So I appreciate it. Oh, um, <laughs> that's no what I'm going the interview I did yesterday was quite a turmoil and I'm going to have lots of editing to do. So, oh, no. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, and it wasn't their fault or mine. Like I said, it's just that there's so many people home, everyone's online yeah. And it's just creating such congestion of just the circuitry wiring networks. is just nuts right now. So um, um, I know he and I dropped signal yesterday. I know at least 10 times and had to keep rejoining each other. So I'm going to hope that doesn't happen today. So um, get comfy. Like <laughs> I told you, nothing to worry about. Uh, you know, I'm going, it's not like Wendy Williams or one of these horrible people's <laughs> interviewing
2: oh
1: <laughs> I promise you, I'm not going to ask you anything that's ridiculous, embarrassing, or makes you uncomfortable. That's that's not. <laughs> okay. Wish, uh, all of us to pass some time, because I know we're all going stir crazy. I had to, as I explained to everyone in emails that I'd asked originally. These interviews were supposed to happen much sooner. Yeah, and then I hit a mental wall. Like once the world came crashing down around me, it was like slow-mo in a horror movie, like where all the buildings collapsed. Well not a horror movie. Right. Anything, it was like horror movies and everything just like spiraled and it was like I was spinning around just looking at everything fall apart and I just needed a minute. So yeah. Um,
2: Yeah, insane. Like it's been a lot to
1: deal with, you know? Yeah, it definitely has. So, um, this is right now, we're about to do our official start of the interview. All of that was just us bantering, and I'll edit it out or I'll leave it in if I like it. Who knows? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, right now, what I'd like to do is say, welcome. Angelica, and if you would not mind, could you please introduce yourself to the listeners?
2: Hi, uh, thank you for having having me. My name is Emerson Angelica, and I am an escort based in Philadelphia. Um, yeah. Now,
1: <laughs> so I okay. So you're based in Philly, not you oh that's right you know what my mind had it in reverse I was thinking you went from Philly to New York but actually you went from New York to Philly you're absolutely right you would know better than I do you're you
2: <laughs> but <in my laughs> mind,
1: for those with some backstory I also have done some SEO for her so that's why I knew the yeah. cities but somehow in my mind I confused the order of how it happened so oh, but there that we was go
2: cool. <laughs> um,
1: so let's see um I guess the first question that I like to lead with when I'm talking to another sex worker is how you got started in sex work.
2: How did I get started? Um, so when I was like around 18, I kind of like um, discovered like a BDSM on Tumblr. <laughs> Very <A lot>. <laughs> um, so like through that, I would, like, um, go on Craigslist and stuff and, like, look for people that were, like, interested in meeting up and stuff. And people, like, men were approaching me about, like, Mm -hmm. paying me for certain things. So that's kind of how I kind of discovered all of that. And then I found out about sugaring on Tom so I started out with that and then um, I started to do professional cuddling and it was platonic at first and I was with like a little company online um, but then I quit and I started to do my own like I would advertise my own sensual cuddling and mm-hmm. I advertised that on that page um, and then after that is when I started doing escorting so yeah. So, I have
1: a question because I've always been so
2: curious about
1: professional cuddling. Can <laughs> you please elaborate and explain that? Because you know, when Faust Sesta happened, that was one of the things I choose to use as some of my SEO key terms because I'm not opposed to cuddling, but mm-hmm. I just like want you to explain to both me and the listeners about professional platonic cuddling and the income from that because that's not such a bad idea so yeah elaborate
2: yeah so with the professional cuddling I mean I just found out about it on a craigslist ad and I was like oh like I like to cuddle I could do that um (laughs) (laughs) so through that I I basically learned it was just about like it's a lot of of what we do as escorts, like right. just connecting with people in an intimate different way. There's just like no sex, you know, like, but it's still right. an intimate service. And um, I mean, and there's ways that it's different from escorting because you're very close to your client, you know, the whole time. Cause you're cuddling them. Like you're in there right. and you're embraced for like 30 minutes or like an hour. So you mm-hmm. have to,
1: with that type of yeah um, I was about to say there's a lot of companions who probably are not mentally or emotionally built for that I don't have a problem with it but I know that that's not for everybody you know what I mean so
2: (laughs) yeah yeah. it's definitely (laughs) it's definitely not for everyone um but if someone has the capacity to provide that, it's a very healing experience. And right. The income, the income was, like, I mean, I didn't go hardcore with it. I'm pretty sure if you, like, advertise, like, better than I was, because I was just doing it part-time. Um, right. I made, I made a good income. It was, like, good, like, a part-time job money, you know?
0: Right, right. I got you.
1: I do want to say, like, um, because I think sometimes people – find podcasts by accident like I know everyone that listens to me is probably not people who are looking to find a sex work-based podcast but hell we're all pretty much in stay-at-home type situations So we're just on our phones late at night looking for anything to listen to I know I've stumbled across a few I would have never found and so I just want to say this is just a moment where you get to see that it's not the version you see on cop's <laughs> or, on, or on a lot of the other ridiculous stuff that's on TV. There's a real intimate connection, sometimes mental and emotional, that happens between the escort and her client. So cuddling is just an example of that. And so I'm glad that she mentioned that because... Um, so many people get all of their intel from the worst versions of it on television and movies. And it's just like, that's not really our world. I mean, you know, there are parts of it that are real, but there are mostly parts of it that are just pure conjecture and bullshit. So yeah, that's why I, don't, I don't watch a lot of the shows. Um, well, Cops, you know, you watch it, it just happens to be an episode, I but, like, know. a lot of these shows that are on Showtime, HBO, and these other scripted shows that are about sex work, I'm like, yeah, I don't watch that shit, because it's so fake, by my opinion, like, 10% of that makes any sense to me, and the rest of it is ridiculous. So, <laughs> but,
2: um, yeah. uh, I mean, just like anything else, like, the sex, yeah. sex work world is very complex, and It's it's layered, you know.
1: So, yeah. And but we need more people to understand that because the average person looking at it, and especially once they went on their whole rhetoric with foster and cesta and human trafficking, and and when I say things like that, I see. I swear, I find myself in this situation in so many interviews, whether I'm the one interviewing or someone else has me on a podcast. I am not making light of real victims. I'm just tired of the one size fits all blanket effect of rescuing that shouldn't include all of us. I understand there are real victims, but we're not all victims. That's all I've ever been trying to say. I'm not making light of people being victimized when I do that little voice picture, say little funny, little sarcastic things. That's not what I mean. So it's just that um, I know my decisions. Had nothing to do with me being a victim. They were my own decisions, mm. um, and I'm very conscious and aware of what I'm doing on my own when I'm doing it. Um, so I think I should have the, you know, like the capacity and freedom of my own body to do whatever I want to do with it. But that's just, you know, where I'm at. I've covered that. I'm not going to go a whole half an hour <laughs> into it.
2: Yeah, um, it can- but. Go ahead. Yeah, I just, I feel like in terms of, like, um, how people view sex workers as victims, um, I just wish there was less of, like, negative stigmas towards sex workers. Because even if people are like, oh, well, they're victims, and, like, we need to save them, it's like, well, Mm -hmm. are we really saving them, first of all? You know, because we already know the tactics of a lot of these companies are not, like, really right right <laughs> um but then it's also well, like everyone has their people. own reasons for getting into sex work and i feel right. like it should be respected either way you know
1: right. right sex work rescue if it's going to really be rescue should involve funding for rent and bills mm-hmm. funding for child care because a lot of us are mothers and definitely funding for career training and or college and i don't see that i never see that and that's why i have issue with it Mm -hmm. um just taking a sex worker and rescuing her from her abuser and sticking her in a halfway home for a
2: few months with a criminal record on top of that right
1: (laughs) what is she doing afterwards like no everything is so short-sighted in america and 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 I mean, literally everything, even with the way they're handling the COVID pandemic, especially the economic part of it, it's very short-sighted. None of it is, well, what do we do after? Case in point, I finally got approved for pandemic unemployment assistance because of my legal business of being a web designer. Oh my
2: God, really? I haven't gotten approved.
1: Yeah, um, you gotta have like your 1099 and all of that crap. But anyway- uh, The, the issue is it's for 39 weeks. That's all it's for. Mm -hmm. So let's say that this continues well beyond that, which I'm sure it will. Um, Mm -hmm. What is, what are, what are Americans supposed to, I almost hate saying I'm American. It hurts when I say it now. Like I literally felt myself cringe when I said it Mm -hmm. because we are the worst example of how this should have been handled. And I, and again, that, that I'd be, we'd be on here three hours if I get into that. So I'm not, but <laughs> all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is everything's short-sighted. They're so worried about making sure the rich and the business owners and the people who are already comfortable, don't lose their businesses, that there's no foresight about the rest of us. And I just feel it's the same way with sex work rescue. you know?
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, I haven't gotten approved for the pandemic assistance, and I guess I—it's just difficult because I didn't know how to go about that. You know, as a sex worker, like, what am I supposed to say? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like an escort. Give me money. Like it. There's like yeah, I left work for us.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure I couldn't have gotten it if I couldn't prove a trail of web design customers. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: I don't know if you have another. When I started your SEO, was were you working? I hate to say a real life, real world job because people (laughs) were real world workers too. But for the people who are listening, understand it otherwise.
2: I'm sorry. Did you have a vanilla job or or, (laughs) a real world job prior? (laughs) <laughs> um, when you did my SEO no I've been mm-hmm. doing okay. sex work full-time since like oh, man it's been like two years okay A over two years that I've been doing sex work full-time mm-hmm. I used to work at build bear and that was like my last like civilian type of job um, yeah. it was fun <laughs> I guess yeah. but yeah, I didn't really like the coworkers.
1: Or I was just thinking of ways, something you could like, some type of gig work you could claim. Because you just kind of got to be able to prove that you uh, did some good work. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I. What about OnlyFans? That that would be like a good work. Right? How
1: long have you been on there? How long have you been on?
2: Um, I've been on OnlyFans for like two weeks, three weeks. Well, like actives. I started like like, I think last month, but it took me a while to get approved because So. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Here's how the pandemic unemployment shit works. Basically, they needed proof of your income from January 2019 to December 2019. Or the year before Um, I, I, because um, (laughs) I I won't get into it here. I might legally incriminate myself, but basically I only gave them a 1099 for one year because um, when all of this shit is over, I'm going to owe quite a bit of taxes to the government for my income for the last two years. And so I had to do it carefully and begrudgingly. Um, If I didn't need it so badly, I wouldn't even have filed for the pandemic unemployment because I know now it opens me up to having to deal with the IRS in the very near future. Um, But I had no choice because, um, let's face it, even though everyone I do any work for, web designer otherwise, tried to move to virtual, move to OnlyFans, um, they are not making the same living they were making. No. And so, <laughs> and so it, it has all but obliterated my business. And it's unfortunate because it was turning out to be one of the best fiscal years I've had since I started my business. Mm-hmm. And um things were really looking good. And then it just said boom. And um I know a lot of That's people say savings. I have five kids, two in college, and two grandchildren. What savings? And it's like, what's like what savings? They're doing their own thing. Three of them are adults, but the kind of mom I am, even if they're adults, I'm still going to help them if they need it. My kids don't ask me for much. They really don't. And not only that, um, like I tell people all the time, I went 10 years of being in hell. Not the same kind of hell some other people are in, and I'm grateful for that. But for me, it was my version of hell. And because of that, for the last two years, I spent some time spoiling myself and my kids. I hadn't been able to do that in at least 15 years. So was my spending necessarily responsible? Probably not. But my family deserved it, and I wasn't going to not do it. I did not know a pandemic was coming, however, had I known that, things would have looked different, but, you know, could have, would have, should have, hindsight is twenty twenty. I can't change that now. So there's no point in anyone pointing a finger and yelling at me and saying what I should have done. Um,
2: yeah. You know. I feel, like, I feel like many people feel the same way. I mean, I definitely feel like no one should feel guilty for spending money on themselves or their family with their hard-earned money. You know, it's like you earned it. <laughs> right. Um, you know, but definitely my income has not been the same. So it's been kind of stressful. And uh, I also kind of have those regrets of like, oh, maybe I should have not bought this or that, you know, maybe I should have saved a little more. But also like I wasn't really spending that much, you know, it's just (laughs) Mm -hmm. like I was just doing normal type of things. And I just, yeah. And I think
1: people don't realize too, um, and it's unfortunate. I, I really wish marketing and branding weren't like they are. But here's the truth of it, people, especially after fosta Sesta happened. Mm. Um, it, once that happened, branding and marketing, especially social media, marketing and branding became so much important than they had been prior to that, that we were forced to do a lot more spending say, on lingerie, hairstylists, pedicures, manicures, photographers. Everyone was forced to spend money they otherwise might not have spent just to keep up the look of their branding and marketing. And that's what I try to tell new girls who are coming in who feel some type of way or feel like they're not doing their best. I'm like, look, a lot of us are smoking mirrors. What you see online is what we need you to see. Well, not what we need you to see is another companion, but what we want the guys to believe the is life, going. Yeah. And, and you so you see us in a honey dad or a Florida de mile or a victoria, whatever it is you saw us in, case in point is it wasn't Target or Walmart. Not that there's anything wrong with those, because by the way, guys, I've got some cute shit from there and taking some awesome pictures in there, and y'all wouldn't even have known. But the whole <laughs> point is the whole point is that people think it's just frivolous spending. No, that's business overhead. That's what yeah. that is. That's business overhead. And, and there are some providers who just think that it's whatever really don't care. Cause none of those providers who are talking shit about you, me or other people to those listening are paying your bills, your rent and And so their opinion really shouldn't matter much to you. I get it. Some people have like a little softer shell, but there's one thing, and I said this yesterday in the interview I did yesterday. Sex work is not for people who don't have tough skin. And if you don't have it in the beginning, you better develop it by year two of being in it, or else it'll swallow you up and break you down. And that's just the truth of it. Yeah, Um, I,
2: I agree with that. Like, I'm a person who's... um. I'm pretty sensitive, but I also Mm -hmm. do have a tough skin. So it's like, there's kind of like a difference. Like I'm a sensitive person and I feel emotions easily or, you know, things like that. But like, I always think that it's good. If you need to cry, let yourself cry. But then you're going to have to get over it and continue to (laughs) do what you have to do. Because, you know, it's like... this the stigmas and the stereotypes and and the things that we deal with in sex work is amplified you know mm-hmm. by like 20 percent or like oh it's just amplified compared to what we deal with in our regular civilian type of life so you have to right. have type of a uh, attitude where it's like okay i'm gonna Feel my emotions, but then I'm gonna get over this
1: and get back to my money because yeah. <laughs> You know what, you know what I noticed though, and I would like to blame it on COVID, like other people like blame it on, but I think I saw this a year ago. I don't even think this just started. The strange thing is before it was the outside world and the asshole client. But now I feel more like, unfortunately, it's sex workers attaching, attacking rather other sex workers. And that's the most upsetting part of it is that we already face so much stigma and bad energy from the rest of the world to then be on social media or just in your inbox, your emails and be facing harassment and bother from other sex workers. That is insane to me.
2: Yeah, it, it's a little ridiculous. I mean, I think people are just competitive and it comes out in the worst ways. Um, me, right. personally, I just mind my business. And right. <laughs> I'm for the most part, I'm chilling. But, you know, things happen right. from time to time. But, like, I, it's wasted energy, in my opinion. Right. Um, but, unfortunately, a lot of people can get very catty or competitive right. or it'll, it'll even turn oh. into more, like, boundary-crossing
1: behavior, which is... Yeah. I, I just had this conversation this morning with my significant other, because he was talking about how women treat each other in general. Because um, there was something on TV, and a gentleman mentioned, you know, real queens look at another woman, and they say, hey, queen, your crown is crooked. Let me help you adjust it, instead of whatever. And I was like, amen. And he heard me, and he was like, but y'all do not do that. Y'all attack each other at every turn. And I let him know. I said, no, that's a little girls. Grown women don't attack each other. Mature women don't attack each other. I said, and for the record, because I knew what he was talking about, because he knows I'm a person who I'm very, very nice. But at the same token, I'm going to stand my ground. And if you come for me, I'm going to come back with lots of artillery. And that's right. okay. That's who I am. I don't, I don't lie about that. But what I tell people is, and I think anyone who follows me online knows this. And anyone who's talked to me or met me personally knows this. I don't ever start anything, any of the drama you see storm pulled into online is because someone... I'm minding my business, voicing my opinion in my feed. It's my feed. It's my opinion. And here comes somebody else injecting themselves into it and turning it into something it didn't need to turn into. If you didn't like something I said, you had two choices. You didn't have to comment at all. You could skip it. You could have blocked me. You could have muted me. I'm okay with either. But to... But to begin an argument with me and then begin to attack things about me that don't even have anything to do with what the topic was. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say I like I told him, I don't start drama ever, but I absolutely have the right to defend myself. And I'll always do that unless it's just so hilarious. I feel like it doesn't deserve an answer. But if it's something that's going to affect my money, which then affects my ability to take care of my family. I'm going to speak on it. And that's just how I'm built. So, but yeah, I am not one of the people who gets on and tries to be negative every day or start stuff. Honestly, I don't see probably 80% or 90% of what comes through my feed because I strictly go to the options to to tweak myself to market. And then I come now out. I don't spend all day scrolling through to see what other people say. I give it like 10 minutes when I'm
2: on yeah. each time. And that's it. To be honest, I, I don't know half of the things that are happening on Twitter. I mean, <laughs> like yeah. I'm really just minding my business most of the time, and I'm like, oh damn, like there's drama happening, and I missed it. You know, it's
1: like eighteen hours <laughs> people, like I'm like, 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 I'm <laughs> like in DM, like if I see the main person, I'll DM them and be like, catch me up. Sounds interesting, <laughs> but I missed it. <laughs> yeah. Like, <catch> yeah. Me.
2: <laughs> so, oh yeah. I don't know. I just wish people you know, I don't know. Get a hobby.
1: I don't know. Something. Do something. Yes. Read a book. Learn to cook some new recipes. Take more naps. I don't know. (laughs) I love naps.
2: I love naps personally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why do we need them to stay pretty? Take more naps. Stop messing with people.
2: Like naps
1: are great. My my boyfriend's always like, you're going to sleep again. I'm like, I mean, do you have something else I should be doing? Because we're in the middle of a quarantine. There's not a whole lot for me to do.
2: <laughs> right. Oh, my God. That's funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, please point me in the direction of something else. I don't know. I'm bored. I'm bored with
2: everything else. Like, it's
1: like... I get up, I put something up on OnlyFans. I get up, I'll check the admin on my website. I'm still assisting, you know, although part-time now because their business is the same an agency in California. So, all right, and that's only Monday through Wednesday. Now it used to be Monday through Friday. Now it's Monday through Wednesday. So I'm like, give me something to do. I, can only, I'm, I cook, but I only cook dinner. The kids fend for themselves, do breakfast and lunch. So I'm just like, I don't know what else to do but go to sleep. Wish
2: I could think of um, something else. You, you, you should, know? <laughs> yeah, you should like, join oh. me. <laughs> like, I play a lot of video games. Right.
1: Like, I can't shop like I used to. That needs to be my hobby, honestly, with shopping. I can't do that because I don't know where the grocery money and the medical expense money should something go wrong come from. Yeah. So just like, uh, you know, I used to be able to shop like every week if I wanted to. Now I'm done to spoil myself with one thing a month. And it's like that's huge for me. Like one thing a month? Gosh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, so but um what is it like between like the marketing I know what my opinion is on this. But between <laughs> the marketing you put out versus the return you get from that marketing as a BBW of color
2: uh well as you know I'm like uh I'm Latina I'm BBW I'm Puerto Rican and I consider myself like light skin cause you know I right. my skin is so fucking pale um <laughs> and I mean I'm in a position of privilege in my opinion um in certain ways, right, because of right. skin color, and I mean, despite that, I, I still, I mean, there is still some pressures. So, um, I, I started escorting right when like Fasta Sesta hit the fan, which is like unfortunate timing. You
1: know, um, <laughs> that
2: that's when I talked to
1: you, like when you, yeah, the SEO, and I was like, you're coming in at a crazy time. I remember yeah. that
2: conversation <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah so um that was fun um and I've just I I have to spend a lot more to make sure that I'm like looking for sense. well not that no one has to spend money because it's like a part of our upkeep but I I can't like slack you know like right if I'm doing like oh here's like me looking cute and like I just got out of bed it's like really not that it's like I still put on some makeup and I still have to like (laughs) you know do this or that or like I have to wear clothes that make my body look flattering and I mean it's it's more because like even if I'm just slacking a little or like even if I'm like taking a photo of me like eating something or something like I'll just it'll it'll I'll get a lot of hate because of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I feel like um, with the amount that I invest, like financially and emotionally, I feel like it's worth it because of like the good um, the the clients that I have received. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's definitely just like tiring, you know. It, yeah. it's, it's like I have to. I feel like I'm I'm working a little like. I don't want to say harder. I don't know how people, but
1: you are, around. you are, and when you're I'm going your <laughs> you tell them what you are.
2: <laughs> I because I don't know what people like do, but I, you know, sometimes I do get down on myself because I'm like, oh, I've been doing this and this, no. and I, I no. still don't see the same return that other people do. But it's
1: you know, a, I, yeah. it's a <laughs> very unfair playing field, and I've spoken on this before, and now we're gonna hear it again. So, um. I'm confident. I think a lot of the Ebony and Latina and Asian, because the point of the matter is, in America, if you're any of those, you're you're a person of color. Yeah. Um, and I'm just Persian, American, all of us. were people of color based off everything that America believes is a person of color. Um, so let me say this. With the exception of Mm, I'm going to say 10%, but it might really only be 5% of the really, 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 I call them crossover, like we'll say about music, crossover campaigns who are able to somehow get themselves recognized by every race and every, you know, financial demographic, demographic of clients. For the most part, though, it's the rest of us who, oh, I hate making things about race, but there's no other way around this. So you're on Twitter, for instance, and if you all are the other BBW
0: sex workers
1: who are in the realm of the followers of 8,000 and up followers and who can do no wrong even if you get up and take a picture of you with your hair matted to your face and just whatever. Not that any of you have, but I'm just using an example because I'm sure I have seen horrible images and horrible marketing get a thousand likes when I know my marketing and marketing of some of the other ladies of color that are BBWs. It's amazing. Yeah, Stop yeah. And <laughs> I, I hate to bring that up, but it's the truth. It's and there funny. are certain people who I know for certain. And I know this is why people kind of I'm, I'm sure I alienate a lot of people with my level of confidence and what I say. But it's the truth and I'm not going to change it for anyone. Um, I know because I work extra hard and I mentor others and I know I know what I'm doing. Um, My selfies are my selfies. That's something different. But when I really invest time and effort and before shutdown, lots of money into a shoot. And I know my pictures look every bit as good and equal to said other people that just don't look like people of color, even though some of them are too, and you don't know it. And I see me and other girls who are beautiful and women of color, and BBW, and when I say women of color again, I don't mean just black, just women of color in general. And we're only getting 20 to 30 to 60 likes, and y'all are getting over a thousand likes, it bothers my soul. And maybe it shouldn't, but it does, because it just means we're doing twice the work, and we're not getting noticed at all. And it's bad, and it's bad because our own sex work community, Is retweeting and marketing the other girls and not us. Uh, And And I know y'all don't like when I say it, but it's the truth. It's the truth. yeah, truth. Yeah, and some of you all, because you know the other person has more followers, because you know or you're hoping that you will, I hate to use the word clout chasing, but your clout chasing will result in you then getting to the level of followers they're at. You overlook your other sisters, and when I say sisters, I mean anyone of color, not just black, and you don't help promote us. And I know y'all hate me to bring that up, but it's the truth. And that's what straight talk with storm means. Straight talk. I'm not gonna candy anything here. And it gets discouraging, just like Angelica said, it gets discouraging to me. And I've been in this 19 years and have such seniority and a name that I, there's no way I should have to worry about how many likes I'm getting. Like there's just it's incredulous to me that I don't get more likes than I do. And she knows on her pictures, I like and I comment all the time how beautiful her images are because they are. And it's another example, though, of how discouraging it is when I see her pick, my pick, and a couple of others. Yeah. And then I see the only women of color, honestly, that I see, especially BBW, that really, really get treated the same as their non-person of color counterparts are the ones that made besties with that group.
2: And I hate to say yeah, it, but it's true. It's kind of like... A choke like uh, well okay let me not say what i was gonna say (laughs) yeah but you know i feel like people um i i mean i feel like the offense that other people might get from your opinions that you just stated is like misplaced just because i don't feel like it's in like if someone is naturally wide and thin and pretty like okay you can't help it like that's what happened but I also feel like it's kind of your responsibility to showcase diversity because it does matter you know like fuck like branding and marketing and this and that if you're marketing if you feel like your marketing is going to be impacted by showing a woman of color or someone who is not, you know, very skinny. It's like, well, then who are you marketing to? Like, what is your clientele? Like, what are their types of morals? And I mean, if that's their prerogative, then that's fine. Um, I want nothing to do with that personally. <laughs> but <laughs> but I feel like <laughs> showcasing diversity is important because especially in sex work, um, where societal stigmas and stereotypes are amplified i feel like when you don't show diversity it kind of like encourages um more like violence against these groups and i know that sounds extreme but when you're purposely not showcasing certain types of people or you're shaming certain types of people or you're like seeing clients that don't find that like they are they're racist Mm -hmm. or they're fat phobic or they're any type that like trickles down into like violent behavior towards these groups so that you know I mean it's just kind of like be aware of your impact and especially if you're in a position where you can do this successfully and showcase different types of people I feel like it's just the right thing to do you know I I don't understand how that would affect the clients that see you. I I just don't understand.
1: Because I feel like a client, I I don't know. I feel like the really good clients, the ones with the real money are too busy. Well, at least prior to being all shut down. I don't know if they're too busy now. (laughs) But the average guy was too busy to scroll through your entire timeline and see who you're helping to promote. I don't I just don't feel like that's what they were doing. And I've said that before because that even carries over to well, I can't comment like associate or retweet a girl who's not in my same price bracket, which I don't get that because are clients really seriously looking at that? Or are they yeah, looking I'm- at your personality, your photos? because why does he care who you're talking to (laughs)
2: that's what i'm saying like most of my clients are not even active on social media like they'll like scroll to see who they like but it's not like they're like oh wow you retweeted this person oh my god i'm never gonna see you again like they don't like care about that i mean and if someone
1: cares um, about that, then that's beyond me. Like, wow. <laughs> I I like, seriously, if a guy mentioned such a thing to me, I would fall out laughing. I would be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's so. That's just so feminine and gossipy. Like, really? You're a guy and you care about that? Like, wh- wh- where are your nuts? But that would just be my
2: opinion. <laughs> it's unnecessary, <laughs> like- me. I just feel like, why? My- no one really care. I, it's just dumb. It's just for to show off to other that. companions.
1: Yeah, I don't know who taught. I don't know who the mentor was that told people that. But hey, if you're out there listening to, like, stop teaching these girls that because that's insane. I've been a companion nineteen years, and I can tell you. Guys generally don't care what we're doing within our inner circle, other than when they see us being mean and nasty, because then they're seeing your personality and they assume you're going to be a bitch, and that's different. But as far as who you associate, no, unless she's known to rob people. Now, yeah, uh-huh. now like if you're like if we're talking about you openly socializing, hanging out in public, taking pics and selfies or ussies with a chick who's known to rob or uh, or hurt or be violent, you know, and burglarize clients. That, well, that could affect you a bit, but just retweeting someone's picture and promo, no. Or just commenting on a topic and saying, I agree, or yeah, that was awesome. I, yeah, I don't think that matters. So, ladies, it's okay. It's okay to get rid of the classism and talk to one another. Yeah, that's it's what real- I was going to say.
2: Like, this is. A lot of these ideals are rooted in classism, and it's just like, damn, okay, if that's the clientele you want, again, I can't control people. But do I agree with it? No. <laughs> right.
1: So. right. I,
2: just, I, I
1: just, I don't, yeah, it's, it's I, yeah, I don't even have anything else to say. My brain gets jumbled when I think about it. Like, my brain begins to brain cell burn cells when I need them. So, <laughs> you know, but, um, and moving, I guess, same question, but different. Like, what do you feel is unfair from two, well, because you're a BBW and you're a woman of color, you, you see it double-sided, just like I do. So what do you feel is unfair for us? And what would you like to see our other sex workers do to change it?
2: Um, well, just like similar to what I was saying before, just like show diversity um you know there's there's worse things that you could be than being fat you know I feel
1: like
2: um,
1: you know like Like,
2: being fat is not bad I just want to say that like I mean I know a lot of people like being curvy bbw I don't think it's bad obviously I I love my body and I love myself um but it's like don't be scared you know like you know, you can you can retweet us. You could you could comment on our things. Like you don't have to be worried. Um, I just wish that that would change, and you know, less of like this click type of behavior. But I feel yeah. like that would never. I mean, it's all wishes. It's what I wish would change, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I just people need to recognize their their privilege and use it for good. You know. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you know, COVID has shown us so many things about so many people. Um <laughs> oh gosh, um, yes, it has. And, and uh, some of that privilege and entitlement, um in every aspect of our lives, not just sex work, but even just common, as I call them, vanilla square people. It's amazing to watch them compare being inside for a month or two to slavery or being in jail. Yeah, or, that's, yeah. And I'm just like, Look. like, this is much privilege much just just a little bit because you know slaves were oppressed as they like to use the term oppressed for 246 years y'all haven't even made it to a clear 90 days yet are you for real right now
2: right. so
1: while it's a little off topic to anyone listening please get your get your mind together and realize this while it's annoying is not the worst thing that could happen to you definitely the not. worst thing that the worst thing that could happen to you would be you not listening, and one of your family members that you love, or your significant other, or your children ended up on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. That's the worst thing that could happen. Well, really, that's not the worst because they might not make it off the ventilator. But again, I, I digress because that's a whole nother statement, whole nother speech. But I
2: could have about that for hours, but
1: yeah. I- yeah, like I, it's uncomfortable. I, my 50th birthday was basically just obliterated by it. And it was supposed to be so exciting, but you know what? At least I lived through it. At least my family lived through it. Nobody's sick or dead, you know? But anyway, I digress. Um, so explain what sex work looked like a year ago for you compared to what it feels and looks like now mid pandemic.
2: Uh, wow. Well, a year ago, I was living in my mom's house, and I was helping her pay rent, and, you know, mm-hmm. just, like, basically covering, like, the utilities and stuff, and rent, and I was also saving up to move out, so sex work really allowed me to, like, move out on my own, and, like, not worry about, like, you know, will my mom be okay? Will this be okay? Will that be
1: okay? Now, not to interrupt you, but you're mentioning your mom. Did she know what you were doing and how you were getting the money or no?
2: Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just made up a story, like, yeah, I'm doing, like, online, like, assistant work or something. Okay, I got And I was able to just save up money, um, Moved into my first apartment in Philly, and um, I even went to Mexico last summer, and it was nice. Um, yeah, and I like even treated myself, I like flew first class and everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and like, um, yeah, business was good. I mean, I'm I like New York City because I, I get most of my clients there, and they're just mm-hmm. New York City is cool. I like I like Philly too, but it's just different. <laughs> um, and now it's just like, uh, well, I'm not working currently. I <laughs> I stopped taking clients in March.
1: And okay.
2: Luckily, like I've had clients that have prepaid and stuff, and I've been able to cover like basic things but um I feel Same. like I'm gonna have Same. to start, yeah I feel like I'm gonna have to start working again just to pay for my rent and you yeah. know just to be able to afford yeah. that again because I just yeah. get embarrassed asking like my mom and stuff for help because I'm usually like the one that's yeah. her. and like right. I don't want to put a strain on her like she's already going to work every day and that's like I'm worried about her
1: health. Right, I um, two of my, both of my daughters who are in college are still going to work in public jobs. Um, and it it is a scary thing. It um, yeah, it's like you just wish they could stay home. You try to make them stay home, but then they're like, "I gotta go get this money, mom." (laughs) You know, and I'm like, "You know, my mother pitch comes in. You can't spend money if you're dead." (laughs) You know what I mean? well, like, But mom, you can't afford to help me right now. So one of us has got to do something, you know, so I get it. And you're a good daughter for even wanting to, you know what I mean? So I definitely, definitely appreciate that. So, yeah, kids, kids you know, um, as a mom and a grandmom, kids can be your worst nightmare sometimes but even when they're your worst nightmare they're such a blessing in the end and like I I don't know how to explain it other than that but yeah so I'll leave it there though you know like they um it it's and uh once they become adults um and if there's more than one like I have five so there's siblings and there's personalities and there's (laughs) ooh. could be a lot, but um we're hoping to get together as a family. I had my trip planned for my birthday from Miami. We were renting a yacht for eight hours. We got a beach oh house gosh. for the week. Maybe they were having a chef. And and um it <laughs> yeah, the pandemic happened. And so um because some of those things were already halfway paid for and we would only get half of a deposit back. Well it was also a surprise and celebrate my son who's turning 27 in June. So instead of celebrating my birthday the big way in April, we were just going to go to New Orleans for my smaller birthday celebration in April, which was just me and my life partner. Mm -hmm. And then we were going to do it big in June because my son's favorite city like mine is Miami. So I wanted us to to share our birthdays. And even though he and I have been battling a little bit the last couple of weeks, um, because I think he's overly stressed and, trying to overcompensate and play. He was forced to be dad after I got divorced. And I think now he's, he's really wanting to still be in that position, even though I don't need him to be. Mm -hmm. And so it's creating a little bit of a situation, Uh (laughs) but, but um, yeah, so we might have to give up the chef because I don't see us still affording that. And we might have to give up the yacht for eight hours too. I don't see us being able to afford that. But the beach house, because it was already pretty much financially taken care of already. I just had the owner agree to move to August. So that's when I'm celebrating my birthday finally. And um, I told my kids you know, Angel Brinks, those of you who know who that designer is, I don't know, and there's another designer in Miami who was supposed to be making my birthday outfit. Um. Anyway, so hopefully I can still get a really bedazzled mask and my outfit.
2: Hopefully, <laughs> that would be awesome.
1: <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so um, it's just, uh, yeah, the pandemic really, really changed things, and so that'll be, like, the the moment when I have all my kids and my grandkids in one place again since this whole thing started. Um, so, yeah. I, I was lucky yeah, to
2: I um, celebrate my birthday before, like, everything shut down. So I turned 25 on the 14th, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, it was Aww. a pretty, like, milestone birthday. And, um... It was still kind of, like, uh, we went out to have, like, afternoon tea, me and my mom and my best friend, Um, and I was Mm -hmm. happy I saw my mom, because I hadn't seen her in a while, so I was missing her, and I'm just grateful that we at least spent Mm -hmm. some time together, but um, I didn't do Mm -hmm. anything, like, like huge, you know, for my birthday. I was just trying to be responsible, but it was fun. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Me and me and my kids and my grandkids all together, we make a group of nine. So it's right under that 10-person threshold that they've yeah. set, where one person shows the 10. So I was like, we should be able to congregate in Miami um, by August, as long as Florida doesn't let it get too far to hand to where their numbers spike again. Um, because I don't know how far, much further out, I can move it past August without losing the money that was already put in. And uh, I'm like, if I can only get half of my deposit back, I'm going to go ahead and go because half of it will still be them getting so much free money that I'm not willing to to give them that money without me showing up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hopefully it it works out. I don't know. People, like I said, everybody's very short-sighted and a lot of states are skipping the steps that they should be paying close attention to before reopening and I'm very worried that it's going to end up with everything being shut down all over again.
2: Probably. <laughs> Especially.
1: Like, like, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, people just don't understand. Like, if you just stay in, get it over with, we can open up and stay open a little longer. Yeah. But if everybody just skips over the necessary steps and just, you know, decides, I'm going to do this now because my money, whatever... You're still going to lose more money because exactly. you're going to end up with huge death holes, health insurance fees that the government has to pay. I just don't think anyone is looking at long-term. it logically. Yeah, nobody's looking at long-term. Everybody's like, I want it fixed now, now, now. Well, it can't be fixed now, now, now. The scientists have already told you it's at least two years of this. So why not, I'm not saying we need to like be shut down for two years. All I'm saying is, don't skip the steps that make us able to stay open longer. Like, I I already know there's going to be shutdowns again, but do they have to be again in like five weeks from now? Because if everything keeps going the way it is, I'm scared that by August, we're going to be told we can't go anywhere again. Like, let's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just over it. It's a lot to deal
2: with.
1: Yeah, it is. It's like, ugh, oh, it's, it's horrible. Um, so since you've been a sex worker, what are the best experiences you've had?
2: The best experiences of oh, all. There's been so many good experiences. Like, I, I'm so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so lucky, you know, that I have met a lot of great people. Um, I feel like one of my more memorable experiences is when um, I went to go see Hamilton. So it was nice. It was my first time seeing a musical, like going to a Broadway. Yeah. I was so excited about it, no. and it was like the seats were so amazing. It was like on the side, and like in our little booth thingy. I don't know. It was only two seats, and like it was just us, and like we we're in the side. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
1: I love it. I love it so much because, um. I think a lot of slimmer sex workers and clients think that BBWs don't have great experiences like this.
2: Oh, that's definitely um, not true,
1: yet. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, but, but I think that's what they think. I, I for me, it was a few years ago and overnight, while I was at his house, he had really taken the time to research me. He was, uh, um, I think he was, actually just your basic American Caucasian. I hate to call it basic, but I don't know what other words you use. And his wife was Iranian and maybe five or six years older than him, but she was gone away and she knew what he was doing. There was no secret. Like she told him, like he could have, you know, company or whatever. And um, my favorite opera singer in the world is Andre Bochicelli. And he knew that. And he basically, this was when Blockbuster still existed. And he literally cleaned the store out of every concert video they had. Oh my god! And and made sure that for the whole night I could be serenaded by that. And that Uh, is by far uh, the best moment of my life. I mean, I will never forget him. Yeah, I will never forget him. Um, that. Like guys that's what you want to do. Yeah. You want to do something so memorable that even if we never see you again, we remember you forever. Right. Like serious. seriously. Like like you yeah, you you want to make us feel like we were the queen for the day no matter like and it was just little. It it was little. I mean the ho- the house was beautiful. Their home was gorgeous. Mm. But even, I don't know how much it costed him to get those, to rent those. I'm sure it wasn't a whole lot, but it was just such a wonderful thought. Yeah. It showed that he was thoughtful. Yeah, Thoughtful, guys. That's the key word, thoughtful. And so, yeah, like I want you, you other BB girl, BBW girls to know, because I see it so much and it upsets me. And that's why I started doing mentorship for BBWs. It hurts me when I see y'all, letting the world and men make you think you're only worth 40 or 60 dollars or when or when you don't understand that you can put on pretty dresses and lingerie you don't have to be in your gym clothes socks and your hair cap and your pictures online you don't have to look like that just because you're bbw you can still put that lingerie on and you know what about up until about two years ago, I didn't want to show my belly. Like I would always have on a a, a corset or some type of waist cincher, even if I had on lingerie. But I've learned finally that I am absolutely stunning. I thought I was beautiful. I just didn't like my yeah. stomach. But now I've like, learned, like sis, you're a bbw. That's you're gonna I mean. have a belly. And that's it's what they cool. Like too. It's, it's
2: like cool. they like your curves. They like everything about your body. Yeah. So it's like show your belly you know it's like it's just more endearing i mean you know yeah i i obviously don't think um your rate determines like your worth but i feel like um no, a lot no, of people, no. you do feel like oh because i'm fat i can't charge this or i can't charge that that's absolutely not right. true um may, may right. be harder because in, yeah. yeah
1: your market wants you if you are marketing as BBW, they're looking for BBW. Yeah. So you shouldn't feel like you have to charge less to get the business because you are specifically what they're looking for. Yeah. And there are some guys who aren't specifically looking for it, but they're guys who just appreciate beautiful exactly. personality and spirit yeah. and beauty. And we don't care what size the woman is. Yeah. And all both of those types of men will pay you what you're asking for you do not have to give in I re- I remember having clients come in my email box and be like well um you're this age and you're overweight and there's girls tw- you know half your age that are built like video vixens only charging this much we'll go right, see them like good for them they don't okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you contacting me? That shows me you contacted me thinking you were going to run game on me and that you were going to be able to talk me down. How insulting is that? So ladies, don't let them do that to you. Like I see it so much and it's ridiculous. Don't let them do it because um, you are worth every bit. Well, you're priceless. First of all, we're humans, we're priceless. (laughs) But your time, your time is worth every bit as much as slim booty judy who's got a lot of plastic surgery done. And I'm not making fun of plastic surgery girls cuz you better believe if I had the money to get my stomach done and my butt lifted, it would be I done. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not hating on y'all. I'm just merely talking about what the world has come to think is now the standard image of beauty. Although Shout outs to Ashley Graham, Lizzo, and all the others that have finally reminded reminded you all that we're here, and we're not going anywhere, and we're just as gorgeous as anyone else is. So I appreciate it. I wish people would stop hating on Lizzo. I'm so over it.
2: Yeah, it's like, there's so many other celebrities that are skinny that act like, the same if not worse not that she acts even bad i don't think she acts bad She's like it's funny, she herself. just be herself yeah like she she seems fun as hell i don't know people are weird i just think people are weird they're just threatened by a fat person that loves themselves and they're like yeah this is my body and i'm beautiful and you're just
1: mad like like, like she's, and I love the excuse. Well, that's not healthy. Okay. So Ashley Graham works out every day on Instagram. Evidently she's healthier else she'd be falling on the floor. She just had a baby, she's healthy. Lizzo can dance longer and better. I'm sure than half the people who are talking about, she's not healthy. Right. Size does not equate to how your bodily organs are doing. I wish people would stop that. I have relatives who are tell me it's all tomorrow who have outlived most of my friend's slender relatives. Like stop it, like stop it. That has nothing to do with it, honestly. In some cases it does, but in a lot of cases it really doesn't. With everybody, uh,
2: you can't just look at someone and. Like tell by their weight if they're healthy or unhealthy. Like especially regarding like Lizzo, she's on stage, she'll sing, do choreography, you know, do all of this stuff. That is not something really? that an unhealthy person can do. That takes a lot of stamina. Uh,
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like I just, like, I, and I mean, how many four hundred pound football players are there that run up and down the field and train? Oh yeah, it seems like eight. it's only. It's only an issue when it's female. It's only an issue when it's us. It's only an issue when it's us. Nobody gives a damn about the men that weigh three, four hundred pounds and can still run the football field. But we want to pick on Lizzo. Come on, do better, world. Like, do better. Like, seriously. Um, what are the worst experiences you've had? The
2: worst. As um, I've had. I mean, I've had a few, like, little bad experiences where people thought my deposit was my rate, like, my full rate, but that's awkward. I mean, luckily, this person paid me (laughs) back fully, but I, like... It was kind of on me, though, because I should have taken the full amount at the beginning. For some reason, I was just, like, I let it slide, but I was, I don't mm-hmm. know, was just, like, in the beginning, whatever. Uh, but he, he, was, he was nice, and he paid me back fully. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: well, if that was the worst experience you've no, had, no. or if there are a lot of... Um,
2: yeah, I've had, like, a, one of my worst experiences, like, it's a bit of a tricky warning i did get sexually assaulted
1: Um, oh no yeah
2: so and it the person who did is actually on twitter and like whatever um well but that was one of my worst experiences and it did take me a while Um, to come to terms with the fact that i did get sexually assaulted like um
1: it took me two years to acknowledge mentally for myself when it happened to me. Cause it wasn't like the beat down, you know, it wasn't yeah, the stereotypical, exactly. but it was still like, I said, no, he still continued. Yeah, I said, exactly. no, again, he continued. I cried. He keep going. It kept going. Then my, for all intents and purposes, rapist had to drive me home because he picked me up and driven me to his home. Yeah. Um, and it took me another date where a person really wasn't trying to do anything wrong, but his movements were similar and it triggered me. Yeah. And at that moment, at that moment, I think it's the first time it entered my mind. Like, Oh shit. Like you were actually assaulted. And yeah. then like, and then my brain was like, you got to learn to not think everyone is him. But it, it took like two years at least. For me to acknowledge it because I see myself as so strong that my pride wouldn't let me see yeah. it. Just like oh no, that's not what happen.
2: I, you know, yeah, I, re- I relate to that too because I this is, this might sound like a little problematic, but this is how I was thinking. I was like, well, how could I let something like that happen to me? Like I'm not a weak person. Like I'm a strong person.
0: Why mm-hmm. would I let that happen mm-hmm. to me? But
2: it's just like that's not how it is just because someone sexually assaults you doesn't make you like a weak oh no that person was being predatory and they were like taking advantage
1: of you in fact in fact to anyone listening regardless of gender who's been assaulted you're not the weak one the person doing it is the weak one and they're self deflecting their inner hate of themselves onto Mm -hmm. you you're not the weak one they are absolutely the weak one the the disgusting one the worthless one is them not you never think it's you it wasn't you you're great someone just decided to take their self-loathing and put all of that into you and try to destroy you cuz they don't know how to destroy themselves that's all that is and i just want everybody to know that cuz that's how i would explain it to my daughters if it happened to them so that's how i want to explain it to you so <laughs> yeah it's it's it, it's um it's definitely, it's a it's a control thing for them because they're just so weak and so pathetic that they want to control someone else, and it has nothing to do with your worth or how strong you were. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I, it's 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 just disgusting all the way around, and I'm really sorry that that happened to you, I'm but I'm also glad that. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad though that you moved past it and because unfortunately there are the really bad outcomes where we read where others of us took their own lives because they couldn't deal with it mentally. So or or that our or that our you know rapist kills us and we never even get to talk about it another day. So, you know, and that's something a lot of our transgender yes sisters in the sisterhood go through they don't even get to go home and think about it ponder it or tell anyone about it and that's that's a very scary thing and I just again um there are just certain marginalized groups within the bigger group that don't get the attention and the care and the voice that they deserve and I hope that changes because no one when when everyone else goes to work in the morning, sure you can get hit by a bus at any job. You can you can die in a car accident on the way home. But I don't believe there's any other profession where people literally have to worry about dying just by doing their job.
2: Yeah, um, that's that's the thing. Is I just want to note that like something like sexual assault could happen in any situation but i feel like especially because we are sex workers and our profession is criminalized you know we can't go to anyone if anything happened like we could go to the cops if we wanted but we would probably get arrested you know so um and a uh, lot of the times cops are doing the raping themselves so uh it's yeah just, it's really hard to deal with sexual assault in this job um not everyone i i mean obviously i was just saying most of my clients have been amazing and i'm very lucky like right. beautiful people but unfortunately just like in the normal world or the normal world <laughs> you know just in yeah. any scenario there's always predators so it's really you know we just have to try to be as safe as we can and if anything happens right. blame yourself
1: you know. yeah yeah i i just never i i never blame myself. Self, I just couldn't come to terms with it though. Like, it's like my brain wouldn't accept it. Um, and I remember that day he dropped me off back home and I came in and my son who's now 27, he was probably 16 then. And he looked at my face cause he had been home looking at his, you know, taking care of his younger brother and sisters. And he, I ran directly upstairs to change because I had another date on um, after that one. And I just remember not even being able to give myself a minute to adjust to just thinking, I got to get the rest of this money. I got rent to pay and bills to take care of. And my son saying like, what's wrong with you, mom? And me being like, nothing's wrong with me. I got to get dressed, finish watching your sisters and your brothers. Like, I remember that conversation. But my kids could look at my face and tell that I had a look they hadn't seen on my face before. You know, like, and I just remember going in my makeup back on and get myself back together and people just don't realize how strong we actually are like I wish the rest of society understood the strength it takes to even be one of us y'all don't get it like y'all y'all really don't get it even for those I have underlying health issues so I'm not one of the ones who's still working right now but even those who are brave enough and strong enough to still cater to y'all in person right now during a pandemic while I don't agree with it, I understand that some of them have no choice. Yeah. And that takes a bit of courage that I don't even have. So I commend them. Actually, I don't agree with it, but I do commend them because that is an inner strength and sacrifice that we're just like, wow, you know what I mean? Yeah, so
2: I, I know of a <laughs> provider that, you know, she has health issues and she has to work because if she doesn't work... Mm-hmm who's going to take care of her, you know, like, and it's just, it's so sad that it has to be like, well, we have to work or else like, we're going to die. But then if, if we work, we can die. I know death is extreme, but like, that's, (laughs) that's the worst case scenario is what I'm saying, you know?
1: It's real. It's, it's a real correlation. Like you're not lying. It's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth because it all depends. Um, I used to work in medical. I don't know how many of you understand the term viral load, but the best way to describe it is you remember when the HIV pandemic first started years ago, or even you can still compare it now because now you become undetectable yes. based on your meds. Well, what that what that correlates to is the amount of viral load that you have in your body, in your bloodstream, in your cells. So. The A lot of the emergency care nurses and doctors that have fallen sick from COVID and then died is because of the amount of viral load they've taken in from being exposed to patient after patient after patient, even with PPE. For those of you who don't know what it is, personal protective gear. All right. So the same thing applies here. If you're a worker who is forced to work, And there are asymptomatic people who might be coming to see you. You might not know. I've seen people say they're going to take their temperatures. The problem is not everyone gets a fever. I've seen people say to wear masks. That in itself is a good idea, but the mask means nothing if other protocols aren't being taken care of too. The whole point is the more people you expose yourself to, even I'm terrified every time I go to the grocery store because I'm the one who always does grocery shopping, which is once a week. So in my household, in my family, even though I'm the one who should be home because no one else c- can do the grocery shopping, I'm putting myself in harm's way, coming into contact with a certain amount of virus that could be lingering in the air just in the aisle if someone sneezed and walked away prior to me getting yeah, in the house.
2: Yeah, and these people in the school but know, are not, like, keeping their distance.
1: Oh, no, it's the worst. <laughs> it is, I did see that four of the bigger chains now are going to start enforcing no mask, no service. So mm-hmm. I guess that's a good thing. But, but but anyway, yeah, so sex workers who are still seeing people right now are exposing themselves to an amount of viral load, uh, depending on how many people they have to see per day to still survive and pay bills that you all might be taking for granted and it shouldn't be taken for granted. So if you're going to go see someone, guys who are listening, or if you're another sex worker, who has income that she can help someone with either donate or tip depending on where you fall at. Do something though to show them that you're there for them and that you understand what they're going through. I wish I had the funds to give to someone because I would. I've actually been one of the people who other people have donated to in the last month or so Because, again, those who know me know me and they know I have five kids and two grandkids and they know that I'm trying to do all I can for my community. Like they know I'm not just randomly asking for help unless I need it. I'm not ever going to take money or help I don't need. Like that's that's not me. But currently, until the unemployment payment actually shows up, I'm in need just like everybody else is. So but. I am not in a healthy position enough body-wise to take the risk and because I ha- I think that would be different for me if I didn't have the kids and the grandkids but because I'm really the backbone for my family me having anything happen to me would destroy everyone not just me. So for me I had to consider that because you better believe when my assistant and web design work started going away I considered it. I considered real world meetings till I looked at my family in their faces and thought about what their lives would be like if I took that chance. And I had to decide not to, but there are people who just don't get to make that decision. It's a risky one for me, but I had to make it. I had to begin reaching out to my utility companies then and my landlord. And luckily I've been able to pay rent up until now. And I'm hoping I can in June too, but I literally had to say, this is where I'm at. I can't work because of this what can we do you know what i mean but that's a, it's a very tough position to find yourself in um it's easier i think when you don't have the family to worry about you can just work it definitely yourself. is
2: easier because um if i was like in a position where i was still like in contact with my family i, d- I definitely wouldn't be considering working again but i mm-hmm. live alone and really just me and my cat and i don't see anyone <laughs> right. um so that's okay. the only reason why i'm like gonna start seeing clients again because mm-hmm. you know if yeah. i will seeing at- clients i'm not going to be able to survive personally
1: right i'm looking at starting the end of june if i'm lucky mm-hmm. um uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm try- And even then, I think for me, it's going to be a mental struggle to really feel okay about it. But um, end of June is when um, I already published my rules for how those in-person meetings will go. Like a month ago, to get the guys kind of used to thinking about if they even want to bother with it, because I am going to have certain protocols in place that are may be a little weird, but they're going to have to happen for me to let people into my space again. And that's just unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I just can't do it any other way. And I feel like, you know, if we can meet somewhere in the middle, me and the guys, I'll I'll consider it. But guys, you definitely should be tipping and and, and I don't mean just and look, I hate to sound like I don't know what's the word gold digging oh, or whatever. <laughs> but listen, you know, but when someone is materialistic, when someone is risking literally their life, tip them more than just $25, please. <laughs> please, the additional tip, The and I know things are tough for you guys too, but gosh, make her additional tip, at least 50 to to 100 enough for her to get groceries or medical supplies she may need. Like, at least be that decent of a human being. And I know a lot of people won't agree with me putting a certain amount on it, but Yeah, Yeah. I'm going to put a certain amount on it. Like, she's risking her life, dude. She's risking her life. I know you're risking yours, too, but you want to. That's different. She might be someone who otherwise doesn't want to, but has to. Yeah,
2: and, like, they're only seeing one provider. It's not like they're seeing multiple providers a week, you know? I mean, unless they are. Right. I don't know their life. (laughs) But,
1: uh... Yeah. Yeah, I just think y'all need to show some appreciation to these people who are out here because because your need is a need well it's not even a need it's a want like like that's not something that's going to keep you alive yeah. it's something that you want it's something that you crave it's something that you desire but in the in the end all be all of being in the middle of a pandemic it's not something you need <laughs> you know what i'm saying like so but You know, if you're going to indulge because the person you're going to see does need her finances or his or any other gender, because I want to be inclusive, they need or else they wouldn't even put themselves in harm's way like that. So remember, they need and you want. And so since you want and you're like injecting yourself into their need, remember that and throw them something extra because they've earned it. They literally earned it. They've earned it. Like, they've earned it. They've earned it. Trust me, they've earned it. So, like, um, overall, what would you say? Well, I guess you've kind of spoken on it, though, like, just saying, like, soon you'll have to return to work because, you know, you're not going to be able to make it much longer not working. Because I was about to ask, you know, what have the effects of COVID been directly on your living experience?
2: Um, So, I mean, that's where I'm at with that. Um, <laughs> it just has to be done, yeah. you know. I don't have no one yeah. that could. I mean, I have my like my mom and I guess my dad, but like they're not financially. Yeah, obsessed.
1: you don't want to impose if you don't have. Yeah, to, like you I know. Mean, yeah,
2: I, I just feel like you know, I just have to. Think.
1: And I respect that because you know there are a lot of entitled people out here. Like, do you remember earlier this year the news story with the boy whose parents literally had to evict them, ev- evict him because he refused to move out of their house? Really? That like
2: thirty-five or 40 year old oh guy. God, that's embarrassing. Oh no! They literally and look, and look, he sued he them sued for evicting them? him. How
1: can you sue your own parents? He sued them.
2: I'm like, you're 40. How long do you want them to let you live there? That's embarrassing. That's really embarrassing.
1: (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. This is, you are so different than, unfortunately, a lot of your generation and people even a little older than you are, because they've gotten so used to their parents just taking care of them their whole lives that they don't know how to adult. They have no idea how to adult. Yeah. Like, I was like, of my kids would get, like, first of all, I shouldn't have to evict you. When <laughs> I say get out, that's it. Right. Like, I, I gave birth to you. Get out. Get out. And it's not that I don't love you. It's that you need to learn how to live without me. Like, please go be a grown up.
2: Right. My,
1: um,
2: 40- yeah.
1: my, sorry, <laughs> my 14-year-old daughter tells me all the time, I love you so much, mom. I'm going to live with you forever. And I'm like, the hell you are. <laughs> You are leaving. here. I'm <laughs> like you are leaving here. She's like, but suppose we had a big enough house, and I just stayed in the basement. You are leaving here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> not the basement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are leaving here. I was like, you're not gonna be a creepy like <laughs> <leave>. <laughs> <You're leaving here." laughs>
2: a basement dweller.
1: <laughs> I tell all my kids um, on your 18th birthday. I had to leave before they were 18 but that but I've told my kids the rule has always been once you're an adult I understand things happen I love you I'm your mom but we have a 60 day rule. In COVID it is now extended to 90 days. <laughs> but should you should you fall on hardship you can move back in for 60 days. During which I expect you to be looking for unemployment and housing because, on the and I'm going to be marking the days off on the calendar because by the 60th day I might give you a two week extension, but you need to be aware that my door is only open for 60 days, 90 days max because I raised you and I want to live my life now and I'm not going to have all y'all move back in and stay here. It's just
2: yes, not going to exactly. happen. that's a part
1: of being an adult like I feel like I feel like two months to get yourself together is enough hustle figure out how I don't know but you can't stay any longer than that because I've tried it we butted heads it's gotten ugly and at that point I just made the 60 day rule like that's it because it's 60 days I'm usually at my mental limit I'm like okay I want to be able to walk around wearing whatever I want without worrying about <laughs> is my growth. You know, like, like no, yeah. Um, so I need I follow your timeline a little oh. bit. You are a gamer. You're a gamer.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, I know guys like that. So, like, share a little with the listeners about your gaming, which games you prefer, because you never know. This could make or break a guy in the book. You can never like, oh, my God, Angelica's a gamer? This is awesome. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. Tell me about- <laughs> so, I've actually had um, clients who book me who are, like, pretty nerdy and mm-hmm. stuff and into anime and games. I'm also into anime. Um, and, like, I've gone yeah. to, like, dates to like um barcade. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's um a vintage
1: I've seen you talking about it. It sounds awesome, but I've never gone there, but I have seen you talking. Yeah, about it. It. it's
2: like a vintage arcade gaming bar and they have like a bunch really? of like 80s or like 90s video games. It's really cool and fun.
1: Oh my god, i love it. I would love it. Those are my arcade days. Yes. I'm not into watching TV consoles. I like going standing in there with the dirty machine yes. with the big old ugly
2: like joystick with the ball on the top. That's
1: my wheelhouse. Yes. So ahead.
2: I've done that. It's super fun. Um I play a lot of like Overwatch. I have a PS4, so I play a lot of Overwatch, Apex. Um, I did get into Fortnite because of my nieces and nephews. <laughs> um, but oh, I don't play dang. Fortnite. Anymore.
1: My kids would love you. <laughs> my teenagers would love you.
2: They'd be like, bitch, this Angelica come through. <laughs> and um I've I got Animal Crossing recently. So I have a Nintendo Switch and Animal Crossing is my favorite game. Okay. It's so fun. Um, I'm a big Nintendo fan, so yeah, I do love video games, and luckily, I attract a lot of people that are also into that, and we just, like, in our overnights, we'll just, like, play video games, or, like, talk about this, or watch right. anime, yeah, <laughs> fun.
1: So, I'm trying to look at what this place was called, so I know you're familiar with Brunswick, Georgia, because of Ahmad, the boy who was running. yeah. So, and got murdered. So my son goes to Job Corps there. He's been home since April, though, because of COVID. However, um, there is this place there that's a vintage um, 80s arcade, like what you're talking about. It's not a bar, but it is an arcade. And so when I'm there, i from going to the my two favorite beaches that are there. It's called, I found it, Pinball Palace. Oh. It is so amazing. And they have like and they have like all the old-fashioned like um pinball. Oh, games. That's so fun! They
2: have,
1: the, they have the thing, the table there where you can sit down and play Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man ah. and and, um, and Pong. And I love playing Pong. So um, but for those of you listening, Walmart and Amazon sell those games. And right before this all happened, I was thinking on making part of my son's room because normally he's a job car and arcade for myself. (laughs) And then he came back home.
2: Oh, he (laughs) foiled your plans. (laughs) Well
1: it's okay, you know. But yeah, so maybe by Christmas things you know because I think Walmart sells them for like an Amazon too for like between two hundred to five hundred. Not an expense I need to take on right now. But yeah, it's fun. But if you're in Brunswick, I see they're closed now due to COVID, they're temporarily closed. But um, when things return to somewhat of a normalcy and when Brunswick isn't such a political and racial hot pot too, because now they got all that going on. If you're ever in St. Simons Island or St. Jekyll I mean, I'm sorry, or Jekyll Island, or even in Savannah, which is an hour away, Check out Pinball Palace. It is fun. It's like the best decision I ever made. One weekend, we were just looking for something new and fun to do as a family, and we went, and it was amazing because my kids had never seen the older video games Really? Like that. Wow. So, so it was so interesting for me and his aunt because she lives in Brunswick, and we took them, and it was just like me and her were in heaven, you <laughs> know, because that's our teenage years. But they were just like, what the hell? But they really enjoyed it. Like it, it's 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 really neat. It's like an older one-story house that they turned into an arcade. And so it's like you go room to room, just playing. Really? Stuff, you oh give my your god! Arms- I want
2: to go. I I have to go after yeah. you know. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's fun. But it's in Brunswick, Georgia. It's called Pinball Palace, and it is so much and the beaches there are are amazing too but you know that's what I'm looking forward to the most and we're gonna get to a question about what you're looking for the look forward to the most in a second but oh no that is the next question in fact what is the first thing you want to do when the world gets back to some type of normal Um,
2: so this may sound so I don't know like silly but the first thing I want to do is go to a nice cafe and just get a latte, a caramel latte with oat milk. I just That's just what I want to do. I just want to sit in a nice cafe somewhere in, like, Center City or Rittenhouse and just, like, look at all the rich dads walk by. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and just drink my latte. Like, that's really what I want to do. That's what I'm looking forward to do.
1: Well, me, me. I'm running to a beach, but I'm running carefully. I'm running carefully. I told my kids when we go to Miami, I'm gonna buy a super soaker gun, and it's gonna be full of this. It's gonna be full of this hospital strength viricide that I spray around the house since COVID started. And if anybody gets too close to us, I'm spraying the shit
2: out of them. That's funny. <laughs>
1: My kids are like, that's so salt I'm like, they got to learn to stay back. Six feet and six feet. I'm not going to risk my health to enjoy the beach. So I'm just going to let them know. I'm going to give the verbal warning, like back up. And if they still keep coming close, they're going to get sprayed. <laughs> it is what it is. Oh my
2: goodness.
1: That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so funny story. When I was growing up, my grandparents raised me. They owned like 30 rental properties, right? So sometimes my mom would be at the house. They raised me, but sometimes she would be there and she would help my grandfather collect rent from his tenants. Or a guy would just come over to date me once I became a teenager. I promise you, she would have done so well. She's my mother's deceased. But if she was still alive right now, she would be like, I told you so. My mom used to literally stop everyone at the front door and spin them around and spray them with Lysol. And this was in the 80s. It's smart. She was the most embarrassing. He was the most embarrassing germ freak I've ever seen in my life. So when I tell you that I have turned into her, and everyone that comes here strips at the door, puts their clothes in a bag, even my kids puts their clothes in a bag, changes clothes, and I spray them down with this pump, like this professional bio, like at middle level pump with viruside in it, and then I make them put a mask on. Oh, that's how the house is well, run. That's now.
2: good. I mean, you have to take those
1: precautions. Yeah, like- yeah, like, and they—they're allowed to take it off after three or four days. But honey, the first time I hear a cough, and my kids are like, "Mom, it's our allergy." Every <laughs> time I hear a cough, I'm just running and handing them a mask, like, "Here, put it on." <laughs> they're like, "Dear God, Mommy!" You're like, "We haven't left the house in two months. Why are you doing this?" <laughs> they're like, "You don't even let us go to the store. We've been in complete lockdown." <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, why are you niggas still put on a mask? I'm like, I don't know. I still don't trust you putting the
2: mask. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's pretty funny. Yeah, my daughter's like, I haven't. My fortune was like, Mom, I haven't been anywhere since, like, the end of March. Like, I haven't left this house. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs>
2: well, that's what you have to do. <laughs> yeah. coronavirus is serious, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, like, I keep telling them, like, if anything, y'all should be worried about even being around me because I'm the grocery store person. So, like, maybe for whatever reason, even though it wouldn't make any sense scientifically for me to be the asymptomatic one because I'm the one with underlying health issues, but let's just say that the universe works it out that way. I could have made one of you sick, but I don't want to up my viral load, so if I hear you coughing, put the mask on. Like, (laughs) you know, like, you know, but, yeah um so advice you want to give or share with newer sex workers or sex workers of color and bbw sex workers Uh, who might be you know stepping into the pool
2: wow well first uh, this is a very difficult time to start sex work i mean
1: yeah i don't know who would but you just never know
2: yeah it's a hard time to start (laughs) escorting in my opinion um I'm also Mm -hmm. doing the online stuff like the custom content or OnlyFans. I feel like that's a little more safer, Mm -hmm. but I mean the advice I would generally give is like like I was saying before, like it's okay to feel emotions. Um, but don't don't let Mm -hmm. things, you know, eat you up. People are gonna People are gonna say horrible things to you. They're gonna call you like a fat bitch. They're gonna say your rates are so like expensive. I could get a white blonde skinny girl for cheaper. They're gonna say like you should die. Like people are gonna tell you horrible things. And um
1: Oh my favorite is that my my favorite one is your parents must be so proud of you, you fucking whore. Right. And like, do your parents know you're That's always my favorite. Right. Like I'm like, does your wife know you're online looking?
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> I got like a message from because I had posted on skip the games, but I was also posted on arrows mm-hmm. at the time, and like he he wanted mm-hmm. to see me or something, and I think I declined him. And he went on about how, oh, that's why I'm on Skip the Games. That's the best I'll ever do. And I'm just thinking in my head, like, okay, first of all, it doesn't matter where I post because oh. I post everywhere. But also, I'm I'm on arrows. Right. Like, it's not <laughs> like I'm everywhere. Right. <laughs> um, right. But okay, whatever. <laughs> so it's just like just let these comments roll off your back don't try to compare yourself I know that's what everyone says but it's really like we get stuck in that mentality of comparing ourselves there's a difference from looking at someone and being inspired and be like wow I want to step up Mm -hmm. my game so I could do that because that's perfectly normal Mm -hmm. but it becomes unhealthy when we're just like turning that into anger or hating on them or like be coming right. down on ourselves and questioning our worth. So just try to right. keep your hopes up like that. Cause it this industry, if you let it get to you, it will chew you up. And yeah. <laughs> have a good support system too, if you can. Um like that's very really yeah. important, having a good support system. Because I didn't have that for like the first year I was in sex. I didn't really tell anyone. <laughs> and when I moved to Philly, um, I was lucky enough to meet very nice um, Philly sex workers, and like I didn't really have that in New York, so mm-hmm.
1: yeah, right. When I started 19 years ago, I had just left my marriage, and I had a girlfriend. Um, bi like truly bi not for fake yeah. fake. Um, now I haven't been involved with any women for quite some time, but that doesn't change who I am emotionally, yeah. and I believe it's just in the cells. Like because I've been like this since I, I was in kindergarten when I just like had a feeling and a twinge all over my body, like just looking at certain images of women. So I knew this at a very young age. This isn't something that I woke up one day and said, hey, I want to be part of the girl on girl fad because it's hot. No, I've been that way my whole life. Um, And so I was lucky in that um, my partner, the girl I was dating at the time, was also my emotional support for when my marriage was ending and I was having to help my children adjust to that, as well as um, after about my first two months of being in sex work, she also joined sex work. So we were each other's support system. Now, as beautiful as that sounds, it did not end well. Um, It's weird. girl, girl breakups and male, male breakups are worse than heterosexual breakups. She is probably the only breakup I've ever had other than my 27-year-old dad where we weren't able to remain very close amicable friends after. Um I'm sorry. That's a whole different conversation. I'm not going to get into it, and, you know, but what I will say is um my mother did not raise me. My grandparents did, but my mother after um rates and bad relationships prior to sex work. Um, My mother, I found out in second or third grade because she had dated some of my friend's dads and everybody's mom used to whisper, I guess. Um, My mom had been a cocktail waitress in Ocean City, Maryland and a go-go singer, but she had also made money extra outside of that. For those of of you who are not caught up, my mom was a (laughs) sex worker too, just without the internet. Um, she was, she was never a streetwalker, but she was a more high-end, you know, Russian rich guys. Like I put it this way: when I was eight, my mom used to always give me jewelry, and I mean real jewelry. I don't mean kid jewelry. I mean jewelry that she no longer wanted. My mom was engaged to seven different men oh at one god. time. That's how many of them were. Oh my god. <laughs>
2: C-O, okay
1: and, and, and it's so funny because people say you know that whole argument of nature over nurture my mother did not raise me and we didn't even get along great but I will tell you genetically I got her gift of gab and her gift of game when it comes to <laughs> men I will tell y'all that that's
2: funny
1: and her look I'll tell you that honey and her look okay. so thank you units for those tidbits. But um but yeah, so my mother took me because she was a minister by this time, my mother took me being involved with a woman ten times worse than she took me being a sex worker.
2: Wow.
1: That was the greater insult to her. Yeah. So that just goes Yeah she that was the that was the that was the war she chose to wage um, it, it, and it was so funny cause I don't know if you remember Yahoo yeah. messenger used to exist. And so in my messenger, I would have like, whenever I did photo updates, I'm one of the first girls I tell everyone I am, and I don't care who don't like me saying it, you can choke on it. I am at least for the Northeast region of the United States, the upscale BBW prototype. I was the first one with a website. The first one with pro picks. And the first one who really did the damn thing. You can feel any way you want about me saying it. But anyone who remembers Washington, D.C. and Baltimore in 2001 will back what I'm saying. So um, I would put my website updates in my Yahoo Messenger. And my dad would stumble across it because my parents were on my Yahoo Messenger. And my dad would be like, awesome pitch, darling. And I'd be like, dad, you're really not (laughs) supposed to be on there.
2: Uh, <laughs> and, right. And so my mom would
1: come to Baltimore because my mom died of lung cancer. But in the years leading up to that, a lot of her doctor's appointments would be in Baltimore where I was living. And she would come visit and see her grandkids and she would be in one room and I'd be another. But sometimes she'd walk to my room and just look at what I was doing. And she would be like, Oh, that's your website? She was like, I wish we'd have had it that way when I was doing it. Like my parents were so cool, like. It was just so creepy, though. Yeah, so um, I was fortunate as far as support went. Um, There were awkward moments, like my ex-husband finally found out um, what I was doing, but again, what always was my comeback was, you all may not like it, but now that you know what I do, you all, and even your girlfriends, my ex-girlfriends used to ask me to borrow money. Wild, right? That is, yeah. wow. and so whenever they bring that up well you did such and such and it might have emotionally damaged our kids i'm like first of all our child is grown and at the time you know many years before that because he was clean by then but it's always fun with my ex-husband because he wants to forget that i was already four months into a relationship and in love and living with him by the time i found out that he had a drug issue, he hit it oh, very God. well. So w- we went through years before he got clean of uh, hell, for lack of a better expression. So I love when he wants to bring up my sex work because I'm like, yeah, but you were a crackhead who used to sell me and my kids shit. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then so let's quiet. not judge what I did after. Right. Let's don't you ever judge what I did. Don't you what do it? So yeah, house, but um. The- the- the-
2: the- I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah. You, you like, know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, like, don't. Yeah, similar to, you know, when like he who is without sin cast the first stone. Like, don't talk about what I did. Don't you dare do that because I can talk about what you did. And I promise the kids will respect what I did more because at least it was to take care of them. You get high and take care of nobody but you.
2: And sex is not like a
1: bad thing. So, um, it's
2: a normal thing.
1: Yeah, it's just, I've, and I've always said it. It's just men and women who have been brainwashed by the patriarchy being upset that we won't conform to what their idea of a good girl is. That's all it is. That that's that's the problem. And I I've always been a rebel, so I love that. That just drives me more. Like I wish people understood that. Cause you better have, you'd have a better chance in getting me to be like, you know what? I'll just go ahead and retire for good because you know, like I'm, I've moved on now, I've evolved. But every time I see someone dragging sex work, speaking badly of it, the feminist in me says, "Fuck it, keep going." Like every time. I
2: mean, they can so, hate on it, and that's, yeah, that's fine.
1: But I'm gonna keep doing it. So um, I don't know. I don't know yeah, what to say. No, like, I'm just, I'm just, I just don't understand when, when Craigslist casual encounters existed and I would post my ads there, guys used to be like, but such as, and women too used to be so angry. Like you're on here, like such and such looking for money. And that's not what this is for. And I'm like, but it's okay. If I was on here giving away the 10 guys a day for free, y'all right. would be cheering me on. <laughs> But because I'm smart enough to do it so I can pay rent and bills, there's a the problem. I'm really trying to understand why you don't have more respect for the person who is at least smart enough to be able to pay her bills at the end of the day.
2: They're just, I don't know. They're just mad that
1: they can't afford it. I don't know. Who knows? I just think men can be able to control what women yeah. do. <laughs> Like we've seen that this year play out in the abortion laws in some of these states men just really want to be able to control what we do yeah, with our bodies.
2: That's definitely period
1: true. yeah men just don't like when women say i'm going to control what i do with my body it's mine men don't like that they whether it be for free or for pay they don't like that that's why we have men that kill their wives or kill their girlfriend if they find out they cheat on them or kill their wife or girlfriend for wearing something revealing. Like, like you're not my dad, you're my boyfriend. And my dad don't even have a say once I turn 18. That's why my dad was like, "Your picture a beautiful darling <laughs> on the site, Because he knew he could can't get over
2: that, that's so funny. <laughs>
1: I, I was in shock the first time. Like, I wish there had been a video camera on me the first time because I just had to stop typing when I saw the message pop up on the screen and I had to put my face together. I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but he's cool. My dad is still like, just, he's always been one of my biggest cheerleaders. And my mom, even when she became a minister, used to tell people she even told my ex husband when he finds she's like, I don't care what you say about her, as long as my daughter's being a good mother and her reasons for doing anything she's doing concerns them kids because I wasn't a very good mother and I didn't raise her, I don't give a damn what she does as long as she's not hurting anyone to do it. Those were my mother's well, that,
2: words. That's true. See, like, we're not we don't do anything. Yeah, and we're like, not hurting anyone like it's consensual
1: adults doing consensual <laughs> shit. <laughs> My first time being convicted, I've been convicted twice. The first time, I had a very expensive, good lawyer, and his exact words were, It's a victimless crime. And wives always want to argue that it's not. But yeah, it is because I didn't do this, your husband right. did. So if anyone to blame, it's right. him. Right. It's him. Go take <laughs> it out with him. Go take it out with him. And then at the end of the day, as I learned from being a married woman prior to sex work was that it takes two people to ruin a marriage, not just one. A lot of people think it takes one. It actually takes two. It takes two people to ruin a marriage, not just one. So to all the wives out there, you got to look at what you did and he's got to look at what he did. Because the blame usually goes both ways and we don't realize it until it's too late. I'm just saying a wife and that's the truth. And I've There's been a also wife. A
2: lot of times where like the husband completely does love their wife, but they just happen to want to see a provider. And like I don't agree personally with lying to your spouse, but that it it just yeah. happens and we're here to facilitate a safe space for that. And you know, that's what that's them and what they have to deal with, you know, because like I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of husbands that will talk very kindly about their wife. Like first of all, I don't take oh, yeah. wife slander. Like you're not gonna disrespect your wife around me. This is already disrespectful enough. <laughs> you know, like you're not gonna talk right. shit. But like a lot of the
1: husbands and let me say this. Let me say this. Because hindsight is 2020. The assault I was talking about happened to me. He was fresh out of a divorce, and every word out of his mouth was hate for her, oh, no. even in front of his children. That, oh, and no, you don't do I should have known. Then, you don't. But I should have known then that at that point he hated women, and I was going to become a victim of that yeah. rage. And and I didn't know that. So, girls, if you are around like she's saying, if you're around a guy who's doing that, um it's probably best to ask him to leave because he may be getting ready to take out whatever he, anger he has on her with yep. you. And I would not have known that then, and I didn't. Yeah. But you know, um, I, that was one of the first things I realized when I came to the realization of what had happened to me was that the way he talked about her was every indication of how he was gonna treat yeah. me.
2: Those Those men don't, yeah, it's true. You could see the hatred and the disrespect and it's like I don't I personally don't tolerate that because wow you're talking shit about this person mm-hmm. that you committed to like in a contract and you're supposed to you know love them and like now you're talking all this shit like I don't know it's I mean I, I understand that they're genuinely like just sad or whatever about something but I just don't handle slander um yeah and there's a lot of husbands yeah. that love their wives and they just have they just want to see other people. It's like no matter, in a relationship, it it's like if someone wants to see someone else, they're going to do it. You know, no matter how much you love mm-hmm. them or this or that, people are going to do what they want to do. And it's not a reflection of yourself. Right. I feel like with the services right. that we provide, it is a bit safer because it's like, okay, we're not telling anyone, they're not telling one, they could do their Whatever Mm -hmm. in silence, and no one really gets hurt for the most part. But um, it's kind of something that we have to deal with. So, I mean, we keep, you know, marriages happy, and, you know, like, yeah, that's just
1: (laughs) so. (laughs) So, um, how has what has your experience with going virtual been like this far Uh, (laughs) like overall would you say it's been more work it's gotten on your nerves it's just like oh my god you're you'll be glad when shit goes back normal because you're tired of it like where are you at with it mentally yeah
2: i definitely okay i enjoy shooting content i like to you know show off and be creative and stuff um but it's definitely different i wouldn't say i don't know about like harder because i feel like escorting is difficult but it's Mm -hmm. a different type of difficult you know what i mean it's like more Mm -hmm. of like the admin Mm -hmm. work and the marketing and stuff and you could be like in your pajamas or whatever and the, the payout is higher because you're taking more of a risk. You know, you're going to see people in person yeah. and the, the payout better be higher, you know what I mean? But, like, with online work, I feel like it's no. a lot of grinding um, and it's just yeah. a lot of time behind a computer and doing this and doing that and it's less risky. So, mm-hmm. I feel like if someone's, like, conflicted about what type of sex work they want to do. You know, it's, it's just pros and cons. So, it's just a different right. type of work, and it's been a lot, personally, to deal with adjusting to a different type of work during mm-hmm. a pandemic. <laughs> you know, it's already mm-hmm. difficult on its own, but, like, during a pandemic, it's, like, you get the stress of that, so it's just, like, yeah, that's how I feel about that.
1: Yeah. For me, um, first, and, and I had this talk with my boyfriend, for those of you who follow, he is the co-web designer for taken by storm he's also even though it's my company he's also the higher ranking web designer because he can build without a template without wordpress just straight code he's a genius um um so um yeah he's a he's very much a nerd and an introvert and just we are complete opposites because I'm an extrovert. I'm like busting open my shirt like Clark Kent with Superman under like, See me, <laughs> see me, you know. And I'm the wife of the party and he's the guy who never wants to attend a party in his life. Um, with that
2: being said,
1: so um, like for me, I was explaining to him because he he is loving the virtual aspect because um he loves, respects, and accepts what I do. But he's always wanted me just to himself and doesn't like sharing me with people. That has always been an argument that creeps up at least twice a year. Um, And so he has been really enjoying the fact (laughs) that I'm stuck right now. Uh, The universe is working out for him right now. And that I can't drag him to to anything he don't want to go to. Like, this is great (laughs) for him. This is his dream right now. So, um, but for me, because I am an extrovert, because I crave people, um, because I like going to the restaurant and having the wine, um, going (laughs) dancing. For me, this is hell now like three years ago i already took away the ability to talk on the phone i was like text only email only so i would already taken away that because yes after 19 years i was burnt out as hell from doing the phone call chit chat to book it kind of thing no i don't want to do that anymore because half of them are just looking for free emotional labor that i'm not willing to give so um but Virtual, I honestly thought, because I've been around so long, and this is where being a BBW and a woman of color conversation comes back in. I really thought, because I've been around so long, had such a brand for so long, that jumping over to OnlyFans or even my own content site, because my numbers on my galleries are so high on all my other sites and always have been since the early 2000s when I started fresh out the gate that people would be running to buy content I did not imagine it was going to be this slow moving um that it wasn't going to take off the way I expected so for me it's been like where I'm used to shooting content once every three months like a a photo shoot and videos once every three months to keep it fresh on my website to now needing to film content twice my, a week. oh my God. Doing all this, like uploading to, I don't know how many sites, including my own. Um, And for a while, and I still belong to some Telegram game groups for OnlyFans, but I just found my brain felt like it was gonna explode. For the last two weeks, I have not participated. I'm still in them but I needed to step back because my phone was getting hit so hard with so many alerts. And some of the girls are just, because this they've been in OnlyFans forever and like they really know it. It's like a well-oiled machine for them. And they are so like gung-ho and overbearing and almost rude when you're not reposting the gains group thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I ne- I never want to dim someone else's shine, but when I'm trying to get my own OnlyFans off the ground and trying to gain followers and subscribers and all that stuff, me spamming my feed to promote you, even though you're promoting me too, but you've already got two years in on this. I don't. Realistically for me, it sounded good at first till I really took the time to look at my OnlyFans feed and it was like, it's all them. It's not me anymore. And so we had to pull back from that. It's not like Twitter where you retweet a few people, whatever. No, it really becomes your whole feed on OnlyFans. It's all your promo for other people when you join these telegraphers because they require that you pin it for 24 hours. And then they require that you set a timer on it. So they're making sure that that stays above even your own stuff. And And I was like, I don't don't know how this is going to work. Like, I'm like, I just don't see rationally how this is going to work for me. So I had to step back. But, yeah, um, I I would say what I absolutely hate about it is the amount of content creation it requires for me. Because if I didn't have other stuff to do, um, even though I don't have any new web clients or assistant clients right now, I still have those who are doing edits and changing things, trying to get their own business back. So every day on top of that, on top of kids who are homeschooling and all of that, it's like just a lot to try to, and then just maintain the podcast, doing my interviews for this. I do like 20 things a day. And that one of those things is like, it just is so tedious and time consuming. That I'm just like, oh, I, I just, I'm, I'm just like, wow, because I'm going to start clips for sale. Like, I've been on there for a while, but I never uploaded any content. So, yesterday I started gathering all my content together so I could upload it. And, like, I'm supposed to do that today. It's not happening today. It might happen tomorrow, but it's not happening today. Um, it's just a lot. So, like I said, those of us who were, who were doing real live meets, we took for granted how much work and didn't understand the amount of work cam girls and OnlyFans content creators do because this is way harder, in my opinion, than the real life meeting. is.
2: yeah, and I feel um cause sorry. I, yeah, I feel like um people who choose to do online work it's because the idea like not everyone obviously because there's a lot of people that do both, but. Mm-hmm. The idea of meeting someone is, like, a boundary that they don't want to cross. And I feel like there's very few Mm -hmm. who are willing to cross that boundary into real-life meeting and escorting. So um, I feel like while Mm -hmm. the content creation is a lot of, like, more physical type of work and stuff. I feel like we're escorting, it's you become mm-hmm. very vulnerable, you know, like being in a room you don't know. So yeah. That's why I was saying it's like different. It's I mean, it's still a lot of work. Like it just it's not something I'm used yeah. to, you know. I guess
1: for me, um <laughs> I'm about to sound like the amber rose of flooding right now. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I guess I am not sure what happened. Me <laughs> the <laughs> yeah,
2: I had
1: gotten to be about 19 because I was so sheltered like literally my grandmother even had a babysitter for me when I was 17 and pregnant that's how ridiculous it was um I'm like I'm uh, you noticed I already did what you were trying to keep me from doing right because you see the belly but anyway um so I really think in some ways that I probably slept with more people between the ages of nineteen and twenty three when I met what would become my husband than I did in in sex work, I'm gonna be honest because yeah. people have, people have not believed this about me when I say it, especially men who are trying to prove a point but um because I offer prostate massage domination, and because a lot of men just want to meet me because they find my personality interesting. I've probably only slept with about 30% of my clients, maybe 40% over the whole nine i have been doing it. And I know that sounds like a crazy number to people who are listening like, well, aren't you up? Yeah, but I'm telling you, guys come see me for different reasons than I think they see most people for. And I'm not the one making it that way. That's them making it that way. So yeah. with that being said, um, for me, I was already promiscuous as hell. And sometimes it would be the guy that I met at the club or whatever. So for me, it was more of a decision of, well, if I'm going to be this way, I might as well make money off of it. So for me, me, the in-person part of it never bothered me because I never had a sense of fear anyway, even in the beginning before that. So for me, it was different. Um, So I just think it depends on who you were prior to coming in, if that
2: makes sense. Yeah I get it I mean before I was escorting I don't think I was that promiscuous like I I really wasn't like I lost my virginia at 19. Um, I (laughs) thought I was
1: a late bloomer. (laughs)
2: uh, Yeah and I didn't have that much sex but the the thing about me is that I was very open and like Mm non-judgmental and I like the idea of like having sex it but
1: I just wasn't having a lot of it. <laughs> right, right.
2: Like just
1: by what? choice. It, I don't know. It just right. wasn't Well, honey, my my mother and my father, I don't know if you've got any older relatives. Have you ever heard the expression white-livered?
2: No.
1: Okay, so back, back when, again, I'm 50, back when like people used to say so-and-so was white-livered, which meant they were just a lustful, like out there with everybody creature. So, my mother's first husband, my biological dad, my stepdad is what I call dad, but my mother's first husband and her were both those people. Okay. So, I just got it genetically naturally. And so for (laughs) me, it was just, and it's so funny because my grandmom, my grandfather, my grandfather was like that too, but my grandmother was the complete opposite. And when I got pregnant, when I got pregnant, my grandmother didn't even ask about the sexual aspect. My grandma was like, "How could you let that young man see you naked?" I'm like, "So you were married for 50 years and he never saw you naked?" Like that they never let anybody see them naked. They would just pull their nightgown up. I'm like, "Oh hell no, y'all are
2: tripping."
1: Oh my god. <laughs> what my mom? What? <laughs> Um, needless to say, they stayed married 50 years. But, fun fact my mother, my grandmother couldn't have any children of her own. I don't know why. She's dead now. Can't ask her. But my mother actually was my grandfather's biological child. He had an affair with one of his tenants. Um, and then my grandmother fell in love with the baby, adopted her, and raised her. And now you have me. So, fun story. <sighs> Um, my grandmother's a better woman than I'd have ever been because I'd have murdered him. Like, I can't imagine that. It's like adding insult to injury. I'm infertile and you go out and get other women pregnant. Are you for real? Yeah.
2: Like,
1: like that would have hurt me so bad. I couldn't have forgiven him. But my grandmother took those wedding vows quite seriously. And so, and I'm grateful that she did because she raised me and I had the most charmed, pampered, wanting for nothing's spoiled rotten princess childhood i ever could have had
2: and i bet i bet
1: tomorrow is her birthday and we'll be celebrating her birthday tomorrow she's been dead now 27 years but i never forget her um my grandfather taught me my business sense but my grandmother taught me how to love people not judge people and how to nurture people so uh both of them are pretty important to who y'all now have run and taken by storm and who you deal with (laughs) when you put services. Um, So lastly, the fun part, promote, promote, promote yourself. Please shout out your website and your social media.
2: Ah, yeah. So um, my website is amoreangelica.com. It's just my escorting website. You can see my photos, my rates, and my contact form. Um, my Twitter is Amora Angelica underscore. I've changed it like, <laughs> <many times. laughs> yeah, I've changed it a few times. Um, and basically, you know, search amorous Angelica. That's where, that's how I market across everything. And my OnlyFans is also OnlyFans.com slash Amora Angelica.
1: Can you spell that out for them? Because, you know, people. Can you spell it
2: out for them? Oh, Amorous Angelica? Uh Uh-huh. A-M-O-R-O-U-S-A-N-G-E-L-I-C-A.
1: Thank you. And so that barking noise you hear in the background is my daughter's dog, who's been quiet all day but has decided now that he's going to ruin the last few minutes of my recording.
2: So... It's okay. I like that. Just enhances it. I love dogs. <laughs> so,
1: um, but you can find me at either Supergirl Storm on Twitter or the podcast. Twitter is SS Podcast One, and on Instagram is also SS Podcast One. Um, my Instagram for seductive storm is on my many links on twitter um but yeah i appreciate you doing this so much see it wasn't so bad you were nervous i told you i'm cool it was gonna be bad. so we're all good And to you other podcasters i love her voice on this her voice is soothing isn't it y'all need to interview her so some to get her on your podcast like so far, I think out of everyone I've had, I like your voice the best. Weird thing to say, I know, but I think. Oh my God, I
2: do. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: um, but yeah, like all my other podcaster friends, Amherst Angelica, y'all should, she, she's good people. Oh, I'm going to let, so
2: go.
1: let you go. You're welcome. I'm going to let you go because I know you need to get back to your day. And I guess I need to get back to mine because my daughter's dog sounds like he wants something. I'm not sure what. Oh, he so, wants to <laughs> Look, girl, we got basics here. Water and food. It's a pandemic. <laughs> we do not have treats.
2: <laughs> oh, <bendito. laughs>
1: okay. One of the neighbors just rode by. I, I live in the country, guys, where there's a bunch of horse farms. One of my neighbors just rode through, zooming through the yard on like a dune buggy. Oh, uh, let the day begin. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Oh well, thank you for being on. This is Straight Talk with Storm. Until next time, you guys, everyone be safe. Bye-bye.
2: Bye bye. Bye.